pimpin', baby. That's right. Big pimpin', spinning cheese. Gee, 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 gee. You know why? Thug them, hug them, love them, leave them, but I don't trust or need them. Take them out the hood, keep them looking good. With diamond cuffs that'll freeze them. First time they fuss, I'm breezing. Talk about what's the reasons. I'm a pimpin' every sense in the word, why am I better trust them? Hello and welcome to episode 17 of DGENCAST. I'm the Kingslayer, Eric Johnson. Joining me as always, Hackfather Jamie Eastep. And today, all the way from Texas, Eric Martin. Seattle. I live in the Seattle area now. Seattle now? So, Eric. Oh my God. Eric. Hey, Eric. Yeah. Wait, you're both Eric. I know. Oh, God. Oh, man. This just got way worse. This, this is going to be a This bit problem. got way worse now. I don't know how to tell you this, Kingslayer, but my dream job is now gone. I cannot get my dream job. I saw it on Twitter today that Star City Games is cutting back on their competitive content and having writers write for them. So I can't live the dream of being able to write competitive magic content to make a hundred dollars an article, my my just my career dream is is shot. Is that what they pay you for an put article? So much work bucks? in that. So, so anyway, if you'd like to donate to my Patreon, it is Patreon.com/slash fuck you. <laughs> anyway, how's it going, guys? Good. Yeah, well, Eric, it's great to have you on. Love to have you on the cast. Why don't you give people a sense of who you are, kind of what you're about? All right. So my name is Eric Martin on Twitter. There are a bunch of Eric Martins. I'm the one that ends in 242. If you weren't a part of that joke. <laughs> Originally, I got into old school in Texas, meeting Mark, playing Legacy back before Legacy was completely fucked up. And then Mark, in essence, took everybody who played Legacy and made them all start playing old school because that's just what Mark does. So that's how I got into old school. Went to my first event, got fucking trashed both in games and in person, and then just kind of evolved from there. So that's kind of it. Just moved to Seattle, which is probably a particularly bad choice. Most people move from Seattle to Texas, not Texas to Seattle. Yeah. So when I mention that to people, they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought you'd been from Texas because before we started the cast, you were telling a story about swapping bullets for magic cards. And I was like, yeah, definitely a Texan. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it is like night and day moving from Texas to Seattle. Like in Texas, it is like do whatever you kind of want type thing. Like, I mean, I'll just use COVID because everybody talks about COVID. But like in Texas, right, the governor was like, hey, masks are now optional. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. H-E-B, what is your policy? Because the real government of Texas is H-E-B. So like like Governor Abbott or whatever was like, okay, masks, optional. Everybody's like, that's fucking cool, dude. Nobody cares what you have to say. H-E-B's policy didn't come out until that Wednesday. That's when people were like, okay, this is now the new Texas policy. It's <laughs> so like that's Texas in a nutshell. But yes, I definitely traded Mark. Awesome, uh, awesome. Yeah, I definitely traded Mark a... He traded me a volcanic island, and I tr- gave him four hundred dollars and a bunch of bullets that I just bought. Uh, uh, just a bag, just a full literal of bag of bullets, and we did that transaction <laughs> at a bar while drinking. And that's and that's not something you you, could do. you sir are a Texan. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that's not something that you could do in Seattle. I will not <laughs> no. even acknowledge that I have guns in this in this state. So, yeah. yeah, no, they might you might get arrested for that. Yes. Well, you mentioned just a legacy, and I think the. Big news recently is the big bands that just dropped. Just dropped meaning Tuesday, January 25th, because given the tight production schedule of this cast, you might be listening to this anywhere from 3 to 16 (laughs) weeks later. So I thought it would be fun to read off the description of why the card was banned, because this card was a card that was on everybody's radar. And I'd like you to guess what card received the ban. Are you ready to play? Eric, you'll go first. Ready. Name that ban. 
This creature has proven to be powerful and game-defining in a way that further adds to cards and strategies that were already among the most powerful, such as Delver. Ultimately, the community sentiment is that this card makes gameplay revolve around it too early in the game, and too many games come down to whether an opponent can immediately remove it. When backed by free counter magic, it leads to games snowballing out of control with just a single attack step, and it's pushed blue-red and blue-red X strategies to becoming too dominant. Eric Martin, name that legacy ban. That card is Ragavan. However, if you had not said... <clears throat> I'm sorry, that answer is incorrect. That legacy ban what? was Dreadhorde Arcanist from February of 2021. Jamie step. you're in the hot seat. Name that legacy ban. Oh, oh God. Oh, oh, this is a tough one. Since the introduction of this card, Delver variants have become dominant in legacy with a 56.5% win rate and over three times as many 5-0 finishes as the next deck. More importantly, it has a favorable matchup against each of the other 10 most played decks. While a strong card in general, this is especially powerful in Legacy because of its interaction with Wasteland and against other one-mana creatures in the format. Oh, okay. Prior to the addition of this card, the Legacy metagame was generally looking healthy. In order to weaken Delver decks and bring the metagame into a better balance, this card is banned in Legacy. Jamie Step, name this Legacy ban. Ragavan. I'm sorry, that's not correct. This ban was Renan 6 from November oh, of 2019. God. Eric okay, Martin, good, back good. to you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Over time, we've seen a reduction in diversity of blue-based non-combo decks condensing around this one card. With its ability to generate mana of any color while dealing damage in two-point chunks, too many games force a player to answer this creature on turn one or fall immediately behind. While a card seeing lots of competitive play doesn't by itself merit action, in this case we also see a reduction in diversity, an inability for the metagame to adjust, and a dominant strategy that's particularly hostile to rogue decks and innovation. Eric Martin, name that legacy ban. What is Ragavan? No, I'm sorry. That was Deathrite Shaman from oh, July of 2018. God. Jamie Step, back oh, to you. All In right. addition to the high league win rates and large tournament metagame population, we've heard much discussion of the tendency of games to snowball from an early play of this creature, backed up by protective spells like Days and Force of Will. Because of the high power level and efficiency of Legacy's card pool, early mana and card advantage can take over a game even more so than in other formats. To weaken Delver decks and encourage more back-and-forth exchange before a game is effectively decided, this card is banned in Legacy. Jamie Estep, name that Legacy ban. Ragavan, right? Yeah, that one's actually Ragavan. Oh, okay. I, my next guess was Curdape, but then I remembered Curdape's still legal. Yeah, don't think there's anything problematic about the actual Delver <laughs> Holy shit. Like, Dude, the, all of those sounded like it was going to be Ragavan. Holy shit. Like, the idea that, like, Watsy could make a card that is better than a yeah. one-mana, three-two flying creature. Like, the fact that they were like... We can we can we can do something fucking more broke than that. Like I was, I'm impressed, honestly. Like, oh yeah, I mean, it it takes balls to to design a card like Ragavan and think that it's like totally fine. I mean, like it's it's insane. Like I don't, I haven't like looked at any lists, but my understanding was like people were cutting Delvers in Delver decks to play Ragavan. Oh, they weren't playing Delver. It was made. It was a two Delver top. Yeah, Delver had no Delver in it at EW. There were <laughs> there were lists that were in top eight that had no Delver because they they also printed. A two mana Tomb Stalker. Oh, the Murktide in region. blue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that one. That one. So yeah, yeah. Do better, Watsy. Jesus. But days fuck. is days is a like, problem. Don't. That's that's day, my understanding. Days is the problem according to the loudest people yeah. on the internet. But the one thing that the one biggest takeaway that I have from this is that as a player, we shouldn't be grateful that this ban happened. We should be ungrateful that it ever made it through quote unquote testing and got printed because that, that to me is my biggest takeaway is that like, 
either just admit you don't fucking test anything because you print a set every two weeks or or like you know just try try to get these these cards in check sooner than like almost what what is this nine months into modern horizons 2 this is what kills me about this ban they printed ragavan in modern horizons 2 back in june and, and two weeks after release it was clear to everybody that the card was busted and then it took them 140 days. I, I, I did the math. 140 days <laughs> to come back and finally do something about it. EW went by with no action. And ultimately, we're here in February. And finally, they're doing the obvious thing and banning the monkey. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like they were like, so there's a lot of cards we could ban. We really weren't paying attention. Somebody said something about a monkey. Let's just ban that one. It's like you've given a student a final paper and they keep coming back and asking for, oh, I want an extension. I, I need another extension. I need another extension. And, and then they finally turn it in and it's like their name, their title, and like, that's it. And it's like, you had all the information you needed to put this on my desk six months ago. Why have you wasted everyone's time? This, yeah, that's what I call grading papers on a Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. You're like, ah, it looks it, three pages long. Good to go. C or B. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it's the student that turns in four sentences <laughs> and none of them are coherent in any way, shape, or form. Like, if you're just going to, like, barely do the minimum, yeah. you could at least do it in a timely manner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's... It's just so sad to see the the state of the game and like the design of it. it just for me, that's I think the the saddest thing for me is just that like I won't buy cards now unless I'm actually going to an event. Like I used to buy four ofs of any playable, and I just like in good conscience can't do that right now because it's like, dude, what if this card gets banned two weeks from now? Think about people that paid a hundred dollars for Ragavans and now they're like, I guarantee you that card's gonna be like fifty bucks in like. Two to three weeks. Nah, it'll it'll hold because of modern. I mean, I don't. I, I like glimpsed that article this morning uh, before I went to sleep. But the they didn't ban it in modern, so I think it'll still. I mean, that's good for people who bought that card, which was. I mean, unless you're planning on going to the Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy event that's happening in Ohio or whatever. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy those cards. Any of those cards. Unless I had no. a physical event that I was prepped to go to. Yeah. Because it's just a risk. That's how I felt about Gen Con. I didn't buy Urza's Sagas until I was at Gen Con. And I literally yeah. just walked up to one of the booths and said, I need three of these to play in an event. I'm surprised Saga didn't. Because, I mean, talking about EW, right? I bought the token, was playing online. We were talking about different lists, like Bizarre mm-hmm. Workshop lists. And Urza's Saga felt... And I mean, I don't... I'm not speaking for Vintage. I just played like maybe 20 games, but it felt so good to have an opening hand oh, yeah. with Saga. You'd be like, "Fuck yes, I'm gonna win this thing!" Like, that, I think that card's pretty, pretty impressively powerful. I, th- I think it's it's pretty broken in Vintage. I, you know, I'll, we'll see. I, I was happy with where Vintage is. There's some tweaks that I think that could happen, but that's that's you're you're kind of where I'm at. I think the one card, if they were gonna make a change in Vintage, would should have been Saga. If if that was like that you know that much of the the metagame share but yeah legacy i felt like they they just fucking dragged their feet kicking and screaming and my like tinfoil hat thing that i i i'm not going crazy but i swear to god they they didn't ban this card just because the they were still fucking printing modern horizons 2 oh it always it i mean that's watsi is a business they need to make money like that yeah is, it's the chase it's, it's the be. chase the chase rare in the set that's the card everybody wanted. I really honestly think that that's why it didn't get hit after EW because they were like, well, fuck, Black Friday is coming up and we need to sell booster boxes. 
you know so it's just one of those like i that's kind of where my tinfoil hat moment is as to why they waited till after christmas this is what i call the anti-conspiracy theory which is all the problems that we've had with like fire design and all these overpowered cards in recent years are is the result of some 20 year old consultant from McKinsey's <laughs> giving a PowerPoint presentation at Hasbro HQ with like, here's the size of your player base that's completely happy playing your best <laughs> format and never spending any money on packs. How do we milk them? All right, but enough without talking about boring, obsolete formats and fire design. We're here to talk about like real formats and high level competitive play. Hold on, before we do that, Yes. Okay. Hey, speaking of legacy, I've sold out. However, if they said if they banned Fetchlands, I would fucking Fuck buy yes. back in immediately. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> let's t- let's talk about a real fucking yeah. format. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about you know real format, uber competitive, highly prestigious, the crown jewel of like magic, where you and I both showed up without playing any of the pillars of the format. Yeah. Correct. So winter derby. 2022 event run by Dave Furfbarb. I mean, I've played, I think I played in two or three of them. This year's one, Atlantic Banner Restricted List. So you get one strip mine, which kind of sucks, but you also get access to Fallen Empires, which is you great. You know, you get that in EC as well, only you get the other three strip the other mines. other stri- three strip mines? I, dude. And you don't get three more recalls. <laughs> oh, yeah, the recall. Oh, man. Yeah, it's fucking so stupid. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So from a meta perspective, I like the idea that there are different Banner Restricted Lists because it allows the people that you're friends with to play the rule sets they want to play. Right. So like whoever, I I mean, I I guess I'll be the heel on this. Whoever the fuck plays paladins with like fucking no cool lands to play with. (laughs) Like I, I'm sure that they are having the most fun with themselves, but I would, I cannot imagine sitting down to play without. I would rather drag my balls through broken glass than be forced to play that format. They're like, Hey, what if we, what if we banned all the cool cards? Like just fucking, (laughs) what if we just got rid of all the cool cards? You're like, Oh, okay. All right. Uh, All right. I'll speak up in defensive paladins. I've played a few other events. It's been fun. And, uh, you know, it's always fun to brew random stuff and and say what you will. They at least were smart enough to know that if you're going to go down to strip mines, I think it should be one instead of zero. But if you're going down on strip mines, they realized you've got a restrict factory, but we can get into that later. What I want to do is, is talk through this deck that Eric put together. Yep. Yeah, let's talk about this deck you brought to the Winter Derby. I'll, I'll just go through the list real quick. You got your threats, four Flying Men, four Surrender Efreet. Then you got like four Counterspell, four Psionic Blast. You got four Bolt, four Chain Lightning. You got two of the, the People's Champion, Granite Gargoyle. Oh, two Main Deck. You got two Shatter. two Main Deck Shatter. Holy shit. Yeah, two Shatter. Then yeah. the one-ofs like Sol Ring, Chaos Orb, Innovation. Blood Moon, Earthquake, Fireball, Wheel of Fortune, Brain Geyser, Mana Drain, Recall. And then, of course, the real heavy hitter, my favorite card, fucking Force Spike. Oh, shit. Oh, there it is. Oh, man. And you you need to talk about the Maze of Ith, which I'll, I'll that Maze of Ith in a non-force-strip environment is broken. Like, people can't not, like, if they're in a, if they're a creature-heavy deck, Maze of Ith can't deal with it. It, it. it saved me in, I actually wrote out all the games I played so I could talk about this, but in two separate matches, Maze of Ith was the difference between me winning and me losing. And it just... Because people were like, not, they tried to, they, some dude stripped a volcanic for whatever reason. And I was like, Maze of Ith, enjoy your Serendib that's just going to deal you one damage every turn as I maze it every turn. Enjoy. So I like the one offs in this list. Actually, Eric, I owe you a lot of credit because if you go back to that original thread on Twitter, I was like, I had like laid out, I was like, okay, I'm going to play all the burn spells and like basically laid out like a poor man's UR shell and was like, what else do I play? And your suggestions, I took almost all of them. Like literally, I think like I, I, what there's like one thing I just didn't play, but the the mana shorts. I didn't play any mana shorts because 
I wanted a more aggressive list and then a more controlling list, but that's that's really about it. Otherwise, I took your suggestions wholeheartedly. This, so but, you, you uh, promised us four spike stories. So let's hear the yeah. four spike stories. Okay, four spike. People don't see it fucking coming. In two separate games, I'll tell you. I'll even tell you which opponents it was because I'll I'll just name them out. <laughs> you know, I don't care. He's don't from care. Texas, and he they can come. He's NFL sized. Come, the fuck come does on he over. Care? He, this guy actually beat me. Kai from Japan, great dude. His name is Kai Sawatari, and if I mispronounce that, he can fucking blast me online. I lost to him in three because he was playing Ivory Towers that I just wasn't able to deal with. But he like completely tapped out for a Brain Geyser, and I had one blue up, and I was like, "Fuck you, first play." <laughs> and like, I, that's that's the one you game were, I won. That's savage. I was like, was able to. Oh just, my god, that's awesome. I was like, just. Like, I didn't even, like, tap the blue. I just flipped over the four spike. And I was like, my turn? Like, So it sounds like you needed to have those four spikes in hand on turn one to counter those turn one ivory towers. Oh, yeah. I Actually, I did counter turn one. What was it? Lion dib. I, lo- I think I lost that game, too. But the a guy played a lion, tried to play a lion turn one, just fucking flipped that four spike. I was like, you <laughs> yeah. hate to see it. You hate to see it. What else? Four spike also caught a lethal fireball and saved me. And I won that game, which was, which was great. So the four spike, one off. Was fantastic, and I just want to be clear: you leave that fucker in for game two. Oh, yeah. You leave it in, because everybody's like, "Oh, they'll side." Like people who are smarter than me at Magic will be like, "Oh, he sided it out." No, I didn't, dude, because I'm fucking dumb. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, this seems good. I'm gonna leave this counterspell seems good. Leave that bad boy in." It, it worked the first game. It worked the next two games too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so if, exactly. If you ever want to like, be an absolute heel in old school, build mono blue stasis and run four four spike and watch people just fucking rage quit. Because <laughs> it's like, well, I have to tap out, you know? So they tap out and you're like, force spike, go. <laughs> I was like thinking about a deck I was going to build for the, like, the next 1.5 league. And I keep leaning towards like a mono blue drain power oh, stasis. Yeah. Oh, all right. Hit, hit me up. I've, that's, I've got, that's up here. That's I played up here. Stasis. That was my first old school deck. I played it for about a year and a half. I love that deck. I'll... I'll I'll you. I'll ask you for a list later because that's. I'm not like really smart. I just. Oh, you don't have to be smart to play Stasis. You just look like a fucking genius if you win because the deck is terrible. (laughs) Dude, this list is. I I I love this list. The one of Blood Moon as just like the fucking got you moment against like greedy mana bases. Holy shit, you were a savage. You see a lot of that, and honestly, I should have played maybe two Blood Moons main and cut something else. But I saw like a lot of like four four color decks that were you know splashing black for Mind Twist and Demonic Tutor, splashing blue for the power cards, and and without having the four strips to kind of control that, the Blood Moon takes that takes that spot and does well. I need to give credit though the the frame of this list I stole from I think Gordon Anderson's oh, whack, site whack whack, whack, yeah, whack yeah. or whatever it is, yeah he like they have like a, he had a Swedish list posted and I just took that cut out all the stuff I don't own because I'm not I'm not rich like I don't I can't just buy like I don't know a set of power and a and a bunch of moxes so cut all that that's why I call it poor man's blue red counter burn just because there is like nothing truly expensive in this besides maybe the volcanic chaos orb that's about you know. Dude, I, yes, I didn't realize how expensive, even like, I have, I have an, a CE one, and I probably, I think I bought that for like 200 bucks, and I thought that was expensive. Those things are out of control Yeah, now. it's, well, I mean, it is like the signature card of the format. I, I'd i like to see TOs open up to like, hey, if you bring a Chaos Confetti and you do like a cool altar on it, like, sure, it's legal. Because yeah. I think it's like the iconic card that people should 
play with in the format. Like if I introduce people to the format, I it's one of those things like the first time they flip a chaos orb and hit it and they're like, oh yep. shit. They're like totally hooked. Like I remember yep. the first time Eric hit a chaos orb flip and he was like, oh fuck yeah. Just as like pointing at the table, like hit, hit his first orb flip. And it was just one of those like, okay, yeah, that's, that's what this format is about. So I, I've got a really good orb story. So I was playing a guy in, in batch two of the Derby and he starts off with like land, fast bond, island, ancestral myself. And I was just like, oh, here we go. Like I'm an unpowered player. Like I've seen this before. But then he just starts playing like it, what followed it up was, was just nonsense. He's dropping like howling mines. He's playing all this weird stuff. And finally he casts Eureka. Oh, shit. And I'm like, Eureka. And he just starts putting a ton of lands into play. (laughs) And I'm like, all right. So, you know, I put my stuff into play too. And then he drops out freaking Mirror Universe and then Lich. So, Lich reduces your life total to zero, but you don't die when it's in play. Like, freaking Mirror Lich. My first time playing against this. And, yeah. And so, I got the pleasure of getting to untap Demonic Tutor for Chaos Orb. And then Chaos Orb for literally the entire game on the flip, where I hit it, I win on the spot, I miss, I lose on the spot. And it's just like, well, you yep. feel lucky, punk? <laughs> the Dirty Harry moment. Yep. Magic is Garfield intended. Yes, exactly. Fuck you, Chaos Orb. <laughs> yeah, like I've been thinking, like, maybe I should burn this tutor, use my mana efficiently, get like a, you know, a crumble or a Sylvan Library or something. But then uh, when he dropped that Lich Mirror Universe, I was like, man, really glad I saved this tutor. So how did you guys' events like go? How did you guys finish? Or is it even is it even done? I didn't play because I have standards when it comes to strip mine. Like it's just like you don't want to be that dude in college that is known for like banging ugly chicks, but he shows up to the party with a really hot girl like once. That's called that's called carpin. Um, <laughs> the I I went to a state school. I, I did too. A, so. a guy I know, a guy I used to play rugby with, is his name was Carp. <laughs> let that be so as far as the derby i believe i'm looking right now and dave just posted top records about two hours ago so naturally both of you are up there right yeah totally i'll have to look and see how far down in the hundreds i am of this 200 person <laughs> event but it looks like you needed to be seven and one or better to make the top 16 and i was five and three when I finished up, which is the best five, three is very games. respectable playing unpowered 50% over. You should hold your head high. I, honestly, you know, like I'm going to murder this dude's name. I need to shout him out though. Cause, cause he had, he learned the power of psychic purge and I knew he was on black because he was playing scrublands. Of course I was like, Oh, I'm going to get fucking hemmed. I'm going to get fucking hemmed. So game two, I bring in my four psychic purges out of the sideboard, which are also good for getting birds and lions as an alternative casting cost. He hymns me. I had an opener. My opening hand, game three, was literally three psychic purges and like two lands and like, I don't know, something else, some bullshit. He hymns me turn two. He flips two of those psychic purges. Oof. I was like 10. And then like attack for like three or something like that. And then literally I killed him with the last psychic purge by just hard casting it. I was like, last damage. And dude, I hard cast purge. I and his. I would have been as salty fuck as I would have been salty as fuck if that had happened to me. So like, and you could just tell he was like, fuck. And I was like, yep, dude, like old school. Yeah. <laughs> like You ball or get balled. Yeah. I like his, like 100% his, his deck, he posted it to the, the Facebook webcam old school group. It's a better deck than blue, red counterburn. No doubt. 
but fucking silver bullet sideboard cards will get you every time. Oh yeah. No, that's that that tech is fucking great. I love that. I've I've always debated on just putting them in a in a deck, not even able to cast them. Fucking him me, daddy, do it. Because they can't resist hemming or mind twisting you. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna play Fallen Empires, the only the only cards out of Fallen Empires you're playing is Pump Knight, what, Pump Knights, and him. him to Turox. Like, yeah, it makes sense to have a few on the sideboard. At I least. mean, I'm yeah. a big fa- I'm a big fan of Rainbow Veil. Veil. I play a lot of that card. It's good for land tax. It's good for tax edge for sure. My favorite meme from Cam Jam last year. Thinking about Cam Jam since it's coming right up, but it's it's the ever increasingly excited Vince McMahon meme. And the first level where he's like a bit excited is splashing blue for power. And the next level where he's really excited is splashing blue to bluff having power. And then the third one where like the lasers <laughs> yes. are coming out of his eyes, it's splashing blue. So you have the option to hard cast your psychic purchase. <laughs> like, let me, like when people listen, they're like, man, he's really not good at playing magic. But like literally, I think that hard casting a psychic purge, I mean, it's not the worst thing you can do. Like, it hits a bunch of, like, the aggressive creatures if you're going to play against, like, a line dip bolt deck. Yeah. It, it, it takes care of lions. I'm actually just pulling up the standings now to see how far down I fell. <laughs> well, currently, if you check the sheet right now and, and you look at the top of stand, the standings, you'll see that I am uh, technically live for the top 16. The top 15 players are 7-1, are and one, which means that one 6-2 player will get in. Nice. So. I'm one of those 6-2 players. I think I've got a pretty good shot. I only have to beat 33 other players on tiebreakers. Given that I started 1-2 and then won the way out, I'm not sure that my breakers are going to get me there. Still pretty proud. What, are, what did you end up playing, Eric? I, I can't remember. I think we talked about it on the last cast. I'm playing like Jund Big Zoo. I got the idea from Patsky on Discord, Patrick McElligot, who just absolutely ran me over with this deck in the Summer Derby. He had a, like a powered four-strip version. So I was like on mono red, unpowered power surge with like oh, goblin. Yeah, balloon yeah, yeah. We did talk about that because you pro- you proxied a fucking goblin balloon brigade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he curved to like curd apes, sedge trolls, urnums, sylvan libraries. Meanwhile, I'm looking at these like one ones and two twos. Just like, how am I supposed to beat this? I mean, he just smashed me. And it was a sweet list. And I looked it up, and he was just playing like three moxes and a lotus, no blue power. So I was like, this is. You know, normally I don't recommend converting powered decks to unpowered, but I was like, man, this looks like the perfect opportunity to just, you know, suit up some big dudes and bash face. That's my mistake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so to change for, like, the four strip to one strip, you know, I just added some factories over some strip mines. You know, I cut down two of the chain lightnings and threw in a giant growth, which totally paid off. I got to, like, block a dude's attacking Mishra's factory with a Llanowar Elf and, like, just kill it. (laughs) with giant growth oh i bet somebody was salty as fuck about that (laughs) mixed in some crumbles so it was hard to tell what i was representing with did you did you block then tap for green mana oh yeah then play oh yeah okay yes bigger well i'm an elf and so can i get some yeah it's the hidden feature of uh lanowar elves exactly oh that's awesome yeah the, the deck was really fun i had a blast you just play like the biggest baddest creatures and just try and stomp over creature decks that way and then against like the combo or control decks you know you take out some of the bigger slower dudes for like a bunch more interaction and you almost like play out like a delver game where you just like drop curd ape then shatter their artifacts and you know just try and yeah. cause as much disruption while beaten in there it was pretty good i mean i got beaten by mono black which just like mono blacked me and then i lost to like lion dib bolt 
you know, just, you know, he just cast Ancestral every game and I, I, I couldn't really keep up. Uh, and played against Mirror, yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I've, you know, Ancestral is a pretty pretty good card, I've, I've heard. I don't know, I don't play it enough to know how good it is because every time I cast it, I'm playing against the, the deck player and they fucking red blasted or counterspell it. <laughs> so I haven't resolved an Ancestral Recall in like two fucking years. I... I'll be honest with you, I've not played against somebody playing the deck in the Winter Derby. That's really? probably because, like, I'm not a good player. So, like, I I mean, I, it's just luck, right? So, like, the first batch is random. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I've played against some good people in the random batches, but then I go, like, 1-3 or 2-2, two, two, and then they're like, okay, Eric, go play with all your friends. I'm like, all right, take yeah. my fucking cards. So, I like, I've played in two of the one-day events, and literally i there were two of the events like i we talked about it on the previous cast with rich where i played either blue red x counterburn the deck yep. or mono or i played one and one shops player over eight rounds and that happened two events in a row so I, literally i'm like playing against you know tier one decks on like my shit pile in these events just getting blown out by people they're like turn one you know Mox Lotus Land Ancestral Time Walk Regrowth My Time Walk. You know they're just like going fucking nuts in the first couple turns, and I'm like, I'm gonna play my Taiga, and I'll <laughs> bolt you. You know, by turn three, I'll Stone Rain you. You know, it's like, yep. yeah, that's that's been my experience every time I do one of these. So that's actually one of the reasons that like I probably don't play in them is because I always end up in the fucking spike bracket. Despite I could I could go oh five. Going into the sixth round, and I'll end up with the one deck player that was like shit faced during the first five rounds and forgot how to play Magic. And it was all of a time. sudden they're like yeah. a fucking idiot savant and play the perfect game. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? So I like, I just have trouble with with them, man, because like I always end up with a bunch of the spiky players, and that's just not who I, especially in old school. Like if we were playing vintage, I am like all about I'm super competitive in vintage, but I don't play old school to be competitive at all. Like. I, there were some we we had a, a first ed D and D thing here at my house like two weeks ago, and Maddie and Turnenburn were up here. Um, Eric couldn't make it due, due to some family family things going on that he had to take care of, like taking care of his kids, you know, as one does. And I ended up playing like was playing some old school with my deck against Maddie, and I finally just was like, "Fuck it!" I went and grabbed binders and just mashed like a hundred <laughs> cards together that of car, like old school cards I like, and then it was just like, "Let's play." <laughs> like are you gonna play the havenwood three if it is ec then i probably will i think it's atlantic yeah it it is not yeah, yeah then, not then the answer is no i will probably try to i will probably donate something to it like i did have done for some of his previous events but like i can't do the one strip mine it's it's just i would just rather drag my balls through broken glass than sit there and lose to fucking Library of Alexandria like thirty percent of my game. Erica, are you playing? I'm a. Uh, I'm gonna play. Let's just go quickly go through the mana base. Four savannas, four plateaus, four taigas. Hey, so you got the best dual lands. Got it. Yep. Playing all the best dual lands. Not a not a blue card in sight. I mean, that's what I like to hear. I'm gonna play. This is a deck I've kind of been fucking around with, but it's a mid range Naya deck basically. So. Force of Anna Alliance, four Curd Apes, and then top end is two Sarah Angels, two Shivan Dragons. Oh, so just just not playing Urnum at all. I like it. Oh no, sorry. Playing I'm playing four of Urnums because oh, okay. I got those these uh these Ernies that I got. Oh, um, dude, those altars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only reason I'm even playing this deck. 
I'm just like, fuck it. Those, those D&D altered Urnum gins are fucking sick. Yep. And so my only goal is to, like, play that. And then, I honestly, I don't even have a sideboard. I might literally just submit 60 cards because I don't want a sideboard. Sideboarding's for tryhards. We all know Exactly. That. I, like, the current sideboard I just took is just three red elemental blasts. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. So I got to figure out what the sideboard's going to be for that. So I've got a bit of a brew for Havenwood. I've been working on kind of the, the 40 for 40, you know, 40 duels by the time you're 40. Missed the mark a little bit, but uh, I picked up a set of Tundras recently from a guy off Discord. Oh, congratulations. Good price. And yeah. I claimed the Tundras and, and, and kind of Cam called me out and said, you know, Kingslayer, what are you doing? <laughs> Those things don't tap nice. for red mana, which, you know, was a good joke because, you know, traditionally a lot of my decks start with, you know, four him to Torak, four Lightning Bolt, you know, things like that. So, you know, as a, as a attempt at personal growth, That's right. uh, I thought I'd put together a Tundra deck. And also just to kind of answer the question of, in a one strip format, how bad can the rest of your deck be if you've got kind of the, the blue-white removal suite of like, you know, Counterspell, Mana Drain, Swords to Plowshares, Disenchant? And so I'm, I'm trying to figure that out for Havenwood. You know, it's funny you say that. If I was going to play in this tournament, I was going to play a green, green-white-black Black Vice deck with just like, go, go, go to town on just the land destruction and the, the white, you know, the white spells, and then you just... Your only win con is just like, hey, we're drawing cards off a of Howling Mine going into this. Yeah. Like, let's fucking party. It's like a stasis list stasis deck. Where yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just if like. If you just what? attack their land base and just like leave them cards stuck in hand. Like, I, I've been fooling around with that idea and just black and white. Well, yeah, you play like, play like Wrath of God or something. You know, like four, like play, play two or three Wrath of Gods just to like really fuck people up and run like main deck. I know, I know this is one of those cards that gets a lot of salt, but. I'm a I'm a real big fan of the City in a Bottle main deck. Ah uh, yes, ah uh, yes, dude. Uh, I didn't. I'm glad I didn't run into a single City in a Bottle. That would have uh, messed up my derby. Yeah, that wouldn't. Be I, I like wasn't either. playing people who owned them, so that was nice. See, I I've been all about like even like Underplayed. possibly main decking them in in the Atlantic events because like people are so greedy with like City of Brass and like. You just see so many cre- like Serendipifreets, like just fucking run two. Like I'm gonna just pre-board and run two of them, and not have anything in my deck be affected by it. I think you can. I think there's an argument to be made that you can main deck Red Elemental Blast in in Derby events. I think you can do that. Yeah, I I, ha- I have before. Instead of Chain Lightning. Yeah, I think that it's it's not unreasonable to put one or two in. But yeah, that like literally, I was gonna play like a, a just a hard like control list because like. White has all the best removal. You know, nobody expects, like, Drop of Honey in a fucking green deck. Like, just Wrath of God to clean up whatever else you need to deal with and then just fucking Howling Mind Black Vice your way into a win while your opponent just is like, I don't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, I, I like that. It's like an off-axis attack because a lot of people don't expect mana-based attacks in a one-strip environment, so. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm showing up with all the blue-white do-nothing cards, and then as a finisher, instead of playing, you know, real cards like Surrender Befreet or, you know, Sarah Angel, I figured, well, I'm going to be splashing black for Demonic Tutor and Mind Twist anyway, so we'll be playing for Evil Eye of Orms by Gore. Okay, all right. That seems like a good oh, finisher. That's... I'll, I'll, Dan, Dance of Many it has does. sick art. Yeah, we've got some Dance of Many. We've got some clones. we got, like, a little Prodigal Sorcerer. Oh! Oh, you're gonna play Tim. Basically, trying to figure out how much of a ham sandwich can we wrap around this blue-white suite and still win some games. I my my guess is you probably still win more than fifty percent of your games. Feels like a good card to play, <laughs> especially if it's defensive. Like if you're 
cloning their creature. Yeah, it's like they play an they play an Urnum Gin, and you're just like, cool, cop. I'm gonna clone it, and they just sit and bounce off each other all fucking day long. Or wait, they ha- had green mana, and you can swing back with Forest yep. Walk. Yeah, or just you know clone it and then yeah. sword yours. Oh, fucking fantastic! Sign we'll me see how up, Daddy. I like th- I like the sound of that. That's that's my kind of shit pile. <laughs> but we should really talk about you know a serious competitive format, by which I'm oh, talking about Cam Jam 2022. Now, mm. you know, that's got four strip mines. You know, it's a real format. It is the it is the way. I mean, it's a full complement of strip mines for everyone except, you know, minings players. You know, for people like Mark Brothers, it's about a 71 strip mines short of the ideal format. Uh, for us mortals, it's as good as it gets. Yeah, not just for strip mines, but but like some yep. fun rules this year. Unlimited playgrats, always a good time. Then we've got a mana crypt in case having one Sol Ring wasn't good enough. And then, and this is what got me really excited unrestricted channel so four channel but before we get into this jamie maybe you should catch everybody up on the record you set at the previous cam jam which is kind of like joe dimaggio's 56 game hitting streak in a a a huge achievement unlikely to be broken my legacy in cam jam is is unmatched i mean this is a record that i don't think any magic player has achieved in any format besides you yeah no i i had four round one losses. Now, is that you lost four games in one round? No, 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 no. Four matches. Yeah, I was in the bracket on both sides and could have possibly had to play myself if I was good enough to win. But Cam, knowing that I like to play absolute bullshit, was like, ah, that's fine. He'll never get past the first round. So, yeah, I, I lost twice in the top bracket and then in the... Lower bracket lost twice as well. And then Cam also gave me an under under bracket and I lost there. <laughs> so I played almost eight rounds of magic, but they were only in the first round. <laughs> and you were 0 and 4. I was 0 and 4. It was, yeah, it was pretty spectacular. I'm, I'm hoping maybe Cam, maybe Cam will give me a third spot in the top bracket. So I get three in the lower bracket too. Just, you know, just really trying to keep that there. So this tournament, it's not your traditional Swiss structure. It's set up like March Madness. So it's 64 players, single elimination brackets, with the caveat that if you lost in the first round, you got kicked to the underground, which was a separate 32-player bracket. So Jamie got seated into both sides of the original bracket, lost both his round one matches, got put in the underground, and got put in the underground twice, and lost both of those matches all in the first round. And you played four different decks, Yes, I played four different decks. (laughs) I had to keep track of which side of the bracket they were on. (laughs) So, yeah, it was definitely one of those, like, it was just one of those, like, for me, it was awesome to just be able to brew different deck for each bracket you know like i didn't want to just show up and be like oh i'm gonna play my lands list or so i played last year i played red white tax edge i played my lands list i played millstone dreams and then in my infinite genius when cam told me like hey can you play in this other bracket this guy was supposed to have a match in like 30 minutes and this guy had to drop and can you just put something together? So I built my fast bond Ankh of Mishra deck that was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a bit of a non there. It was, yeah. Kingslayer like popped into my game at one point. And he's like, afterwards, my opponent's like, 
thanks for the match. And he like hops out of the room and Eric's like, dude, did you seriously put Fastbon and Ankh of Mishra in the same fucking deck? And it was like, yes, Eric, I didn't think this through very thoroughly. <laughs> My plan was to get ahead on Fastbon land drops early on and land an Ankh of Mishra. That did not happen in either game. <laughs> So yeah, I'm I am gonna play in Cam Jam. I it was a lot of fun. I met some cool people last year. You know, Cam is always doing kind of a cool thing. This four channel thing, you know, I'm not sure what I'm gonna play, or even if I will utilize all four channel or any channel. I don't know, but yeah, it's got my my like brewing creative juices, so to speak, stern in my loins a little bit before I put together. Some spicy turd that I'll probably lose my first two games in the top bracket and then probably lose in the bottom bracket. And then Cam will probably feel bad for me and offer to put me in a third bracket and then I lose again. So that's that's kind of what I'm expecting. So the record to beat is four round one match losses. Yes, match losses, not game losses. And uh, Hackfather, the man to beat. <laughs> So Eric, what are your Cam Jam hopes and dreams? So I own, I have four channels, but that seems too easy. I think I'm going to, so last year I played a black, white, really bad reanimator deck, which included such sweet cards as the ones I can't even see anymore. The white, uh, three and two white card that uh, brings creatures back onto the battlefield or something like that. It's pretty bad. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, and I don't. My cards oh are behind me. I'm not even gonna turn around. <sighs> Point being is, I'm gonna play <laughs> black white. Pestilence will be involved. All right, all right. Yeah, You've pestilence my interest already. with the pro black creatures, so you can continue to have like you can continue to ping people with pestilence, and then have creatures there to to kill them with. I think I'm gonna run that back. Vintage Vintage Greg actually did something similar to that. He was running like the the two white the, like the two white yeah. knights essentially, and I, he had some you know it was a pretty solid plan. I you know I, to start with, he actually did pretty well in the first couple rounds against some of the other like weenie decks and stuff. So that's a that's the kind of deck that I think is underrated and can do really well. And it's just matchup dependent. Like if you meet up with like you know another weenie deck, you can just fucking yep. run them over. You know, somebody shows up with mono black and you just are like, fuck yes. Yeah, I want to play uh, the, the combo <laughs> in my head that I haven't gotten to work yet, but I think we'll try and get to work is ivory tower with greed. So you're offsetting the card draw with the ivory towers. So that's that'll be like the draw. Mm, okay. And then just using pestilence as a finisher. And it also works well with ivory tower. And then the white is just for removal. Because I think my, my thoughts are people are going to play around channel. Right. So like, I don't know. That's my thought. Like initially I'm like, Oh, I'll just play red green. I'll channel fireball the fuck out of people. But I think that's too easy. Yeah. That was, that was my thought too. Yeah. That was my thought or to use channel and mirror universe was the other route that I was thinking about going. Oh, that'd be actually smart. So, so you guys have your cool ideas and you know, obviously it's only idiots who are going to show up with four channel because everyone's going to expect that. Well, Well, I'm obviously one of those idiots. I'm, showing up with a version of a deck I call Gaia's Bad Touch, where you basically play, like, Mono Green Parfait with, like, Howling Mine, Relic Barrier, and Gaia's Touch to put as many, like, basic forests into play as possible, and draw extra cards so that eventually you can find one of your, like, five or six red sources to actually cast the Channel Fireball combo. So you're going to lose to, you're going to lose to Eric's Force Spike, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 
I can't tell what my channel wind condition is actually going to be, whether I'll be channeling out Triskelion or, or, or Mirror Universe, or else I, I'm boring. I'll probably just stick straight with the fireballs. Yeah, that's that's where my my head went immediately for that list, was just like channel down to five, like turn one, you know, play out a bunch of lock pieces, and then just pass the turn. Yeah, I'm hoping channel gives the deck a little bit of a punch because I, I took the version of this to a previous tournament without four channel and it was super anemic. I would just, you know, it's a Howling Mine deck. You play Howling Mine on turn two, your opponent untaps, draws an extra card and shatters it. And then I'm sitting there like, well, shit, that was my whole plan. Yeah. <laughs> so the, my uh, where my, I keep wanting to do something with Bizarre Baghdad, fucking land tax and library of Lang. I have no idea what, like what color the deck will be. But I don't want to be one of those chumps that gets stuck with my cock in my hands playing four channel and then realizing that everybody metagamed against four channel. Do you think there's anything to be done with Mana Crypt? I, I think Mana Crypt, the four channel, I think you also play four Mana Crypt and you've got your Mirror Universe plan. Or okay. is Mana Crypt restricted? I think it's restricted. Let me... I would check. hope so. I'm fairly certain. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if, if it's... It's restricted, one, one mana crypt. We're restricted, yeah. I would say, like, I, I would probably play that card in a four-channel, like, Mirror Universe deck. I would play it in a Lich deck. I think it it goes in pretty much any... Like, it could go in a control shell if you're going to use, like, Power Sync, you know, or Spell Blast, maybe over Counter Spell. But, like, outside of shops, I don't see where it, like... It doesn't... It's not an auto-include in, like, in every deck... I think if you want Soul Ring, you probably want one. Yeah, I'm gonna play it just because I don't have a better reason than that. Like, I'm just gonna fucking throw one in. I yeah. mean, it's a sweet card. It's got sick fucking Tedon art. So I mean, you can't. I really was get actually wrong gonna with it. tilt people by printing out one of the more modern uh, Mana Crypts and playing that. Not, I don't own one. I'm just saying, nice. I literally go print one off and be like, if, if I'm buying a Mana Crypt, it'll be an OG. But yeah, oh man, they're they're expensive as hell now. They're like over three hundred dollars. Uh, Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't know, Eric, where do you, I mean, maybe in like a blood, a blood moon deck, it could be good because like turn one, like land mana, you know, mountain mana crib blood moon go could be pretty fucking lethal. The last cam jam, I was playing like a ruck egg inferno I list love that and that turned out to be a, a little too competitive for the format. So, like, I wound up making, like, a really deep run when I really hadn't intended to. You know, I was just messing around because, like, I was playing a list that had, you know, Inferno, Ruck Egg. And it was, I was playing an entire set of the Rainbow Duels with not a single red card in the whole list. I almost got to live the dream by casting uh, an Inferno against a guy who had a living plane deck with a Ruck Egg on the field. Yeah, yeah. It, it was almost amazing, except like he kept attacking my red sources and I was constantly one mana off, just blowing up literally every permanent play and making a 4-4. It was a sick list. He had like a transformational sideboard. It, it, it was a super fun <laughs> match where I like almost, almost got to do it. Oh my God. That would have been the fucking so dream. I, I didn't get to do it. And then like the other time, like I cast an Inferno and I died to my own thing because the guy yeah. forked it twice <laughs> and he had a higher life total. So oh. I like never quite got there with the Inferno. So I I think that what you're telling me is that you were you were a GBT in the first cam jam accidentally. Yep. Yeah, like I I wasn't trying to. I thought that like ball lightning inferno ruck egg would be like good, but as I said, like this time I'm 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 aiming lower. I'm trying to bring it down to to match the level of what I expect. Like fast bond onk 
control. I'm trying to bring a deck that has like at least a 50% chance of winning like at least one match in a pretty fun way. And if if I wind up riding this one to the finals, I, 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 I that will just be hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I mean, so is winning Cam Jam like, you know, being the guy who who like he's like the number thirty two in the NFL like starting quarterback that everyone hates, but he's like at least in the NFL. Are you like that guy? Like you're there. You you're you're the best of the worst. Does that? It would be really embarrassing to make like another deep run in Cam Jam, and so like I wanted to make absolutely sure this year that even if by some yeah. improbable this is circumstance on you guys. I wind up going me. to top four or something again, <laughs> I can like point at my deck list and be like. Guys, this is Howling Mind Gaia's Touch combo. If you can't beat this, it's not on me. The, I thought the best part about Cam Jam last year was some dude like pr- like proxied the entire deck and then got bodied game one. And it was just like... <laughs> like the, the deck. deck. He proxied... Oh, God. Uh, like, this is fitting for Cam Jam. Like That's the way it should be. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely... I think the thing that I like about Cam Jam is that Everybody that is in that server brings spice. And not like the spice you see where it's 22 restricted cards, four unplayable turds, and then the rest of the deck, you know, basically around that shell of those four turds winning a spice award. Like, I played Gerard of the Closed Fist over the fourth copy of Earnham Exactly. Yeah, spicy list! You know, like last year, there were like some of the decks that were doing like your deck, Eric. I was like, holy shit, that's spicy. And you're like, had a super deep run with it. But all the decks that I saw, like, people playing, were it was like, man, these are really fucking spicy. Like, people, like, legit showed up just to do some, like, cool shit instead of, like, I'm going to play, you know, blue, white, red flyers. And I'm going to splash black in my list so that I can play, you know, Demonic Tutor and Mind Twist. It's like, people, I, I don't, I felt like the asshole because I played balance in one of my games. I played against Lord of the Pit Breeding Pool. I played against the Ruck Egg Mirror, where the guy was splashing white for, like, Wrath of God. I should just tell you how bad of an, a player that I am, that I I couldn't beat any of those decks in the four tries I had. Oh, dude. Let me, <laughs> the, the worst part about Cam Jam 1 was I was, like, I, I must have been busy doing something else. Like, something must have been going on. So I, like, played my first game. I'm like, oh, lost. Great. Thanks, dudes. I'm out. And then I get fucking tagged again in the underground. I'm like, how... How deep is this going to go? Like, how many more undergrounds? <laughs> is there, like, the underground of yeah, the I'm underground? Yeah, like, I didn't commit to this. This time, the underground's going to have its own underground. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's like the subway or something. The catacombs. <laughs> I just can't stop losing. I'll see you in that hell. Yeah, so there. you won't want to lose, because you'll have to play too many matches, because all of the undergrounds are going to have more and more and more undergrounds. Yes. <laughs> by, the, by the last round, it's just... Somebody, somebody who's playing 74 islands and one Mishra's factory, and that's the entirety of the deck. You're going to get low enough, and, and people are going to be playing, like, fully powered Lion Dim Bolt, just trying to crush people. Just like, come on, I want to stop playing. What the madness is. like, fine. Fine, I did it. That's like, I just, I got done playing the November 1.5 league, and I literally went 0-8. And I, I had to play a dude again who I lost to the first time. Like, I literally had to lose against somebody twice. That's going to be my Cam Jam experience, too. I, I have just a gut feeling about it. I'm looking forward to it. it. It it had to be the most fun I had playing in a Magic tournament all last year, and I'm really looking forward to yeah, it again. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing Cam shirtless. I need that at least once a month. Otherwise, just not right in the head. I just want to remind people that if you play four strips, the 
likelihood, the probability that you pull the four that you pull one strip in a game is thirty six point like nine percent. But I just want to remind people about it. What's the what's the probability? Raises the possibility of too many non games. Yeah. It's the hypergeometric distribution. Yes. Of the it's card, a, it's like an actual CFB article because it it really isn't about strip mine. It's- There's is it? Oh God, he used to do commentary on the Pro Tour and he did all the like. Frank yeah, something or Frank other. Karsten. Yeah, it, Frank Karsten did all the yeah. you know actual. Yeah, work. it's what's funny is that I actually know what I know the word hypergeometric distribution, but I'm too fucking stupid to actually understand hypergeometric distribution. Yeah, without a chart. Yeah, so, so I'm pulling up the chart. Just go to aetherhub.com and, and and you fill out the fields. I mean, you know, yep, I, yep. I took all this stuff. I took probability in college, but it's not stuff that you know you just have at your fingertips all the time. Use aetherhub. Yeah. The the thing like the. So this is like my argument for four. Sh- I always, I'll just bring this up until I fucking stop playing magic. The probability of having a four of card, a strip mine by your fourth turn is 50%. Just something to like when people talk about, what about having a second copy? Like what's the probability by like turn 10? Uh, I don't know. Turn 10, turn eight. If you play four copies is 66.5%. I think that's acceptable. Is that for at least one that's, or is that for that's at least one? one. If, you're, if we're talking about drawing yeah. multiples of a card, four copies, it's law of diminishing return. So if you draw, let's say you have one in your opener, 23% by turn eight. So like to draw a second yeah. copy, that, I, 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 don't, I don't think that's a problem. It's, I don't think it is. Turn either. seven fucking turns. It's seven. Like, I don't think about like, it as like seven draws. Like, cause I mean, you could yeah. ostensibly draw more cards, but yeah. Like, well, yeah. I mean, if everybody wasn't like a fucking GBT splash blue and fucking everything deck in Atlantic, like I literally don't think I've ever played against a deck, a single deck in an Atlantic event that didn't have blue power ever. I, I'm going to get a patch. Man. Every match of Atlantic I've ever played. Please send that me one. is, and it's going to be, Thirty-nine point nine percent to have an opening to have a four of card in your opening hand. Thirty-nine point nine percent. So thirty-nine percent. Let's just yeah. call it forty. That's so scary. To That's have so one scary. Trip. Yeah, I'm just fucking terrified. Yes. The other thing is, is that it wasn't even restricted until Wasteland got printed. So technically, you're getting into like the middle of the pre-modern format before four four strip mine didn't exist. And even then it was because they were like, well, we printed a fixed version. Right. It only hits non-basics. And it's like when people bitch about it and then I look at their lists and it's there's one basic in the entire list. I'm like, what what difference would it make if I played four Wasteland? Yeah. Would it actually make it? It wouldn't make a difference. Your argument just makes no sense based on that. Like if you're talking about like the probability of, oh, well, I got Wasteland, you know, I got Strip Mine. It's just, you literally just don't like the way that Magic is intended to be played. You want to play your, like, safe space, 10-ply fucking bullshit with your your four frat bros that all bought in off their Bitcoin. Whoa, whoa, let's, but, not, let's not shame Bitcoin as somebody who may allegedly have Bitcoin. <laughs> no, 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 we can shame Bitcoin. No, okay, hold on. You just need to I don't care if this goes on the cast. Two hours, because I got I wanna, material. If you think Bitcoin is an investment and not a currency, you're fucking retarded. But yeah, it's a currency. If you want to buy some illegal <laughs> Look at shit Odell, off the Odell internet, Beckham, then, just then absolutely yeah. the only like not even illegal. If you want to buy stuff without letting other people know that you're buying stuff, which we should all strive to do, then yeah, then I was Bitcoin saying, is where great. it's at. Okay, if you inve- if you're thinking this investment, I got some bad news for you, bud. My position is it's neither. It's it's a speculative asset that depends on always having a bigger <laughs> idiot to sell to. The only actual use cases are like drugs and ransomware. I have bought. I have bought not also, drugs with Bitcoin, allegedly. I was gonna say I have I have bought things with Dogecoin. 
So I'm not going to say that cryptocurrency isn't a thing, but you know, anyway, Anyhow, that's a, yeah. Hey, finance, finance tips on the economics of internet currency oh, yeah. and because, brought to you by DJ. Exactly. And because of what my wife does, this is not financial advisement at all. It should not be taken as such. <laughs> yeah. I'm a professional musician yeah. for Christ's sake. I just made bad decisions from the start. Yeah. Okay. But NFTs though, those are for real bullshit. Okay. We can all, yeah, can we I all saw agree people to trying that? to make it. Oh, okay. All right. So t- I'm going to wrap NFTs into magic because this is no bullshit. A post that I saw on Facebook in an, in an old school group in the alpha collectors group, like alpha 40 people, you know, they're like fucking nuts. Anyway, they are trying to make NFTs that of pictures of alpha cards. I would just right click and be like, thanks. Like, I, like I just that makes no sense. Like, you could literally just go to like a Google search and find a photo of any alpha card sitting on somebody's fucking table. Like, these are easy to understand. It's people thinking, "Well, I'm fucking stupid, and I'm spending money on this, but I'm not the stupidest person in the world." So there's somebody dumber who will give me more money. For this. So it's like me buying vin- that is the value. It's like me that. buying vintage Game Boy games because, like, I'm almost forty and I have no friends other than you know the people that occasionally come on the podcast but there's value to that because you can pl- you can play those games that there's is true value. Ah, you can't i mean you can masturbate to an nft so it's like the same thing but not, you not actually you're actually not token to okay but so, i'm Jamie. counterpoint you're not actually masturbating to the nft you're masturbating to the picture of the of, of, of the, the thing <laughs> that you have a receipt for on a blockchain you're not actually <laughs> masturbating to the nft itself so I'm just gonna leave. I'm just saying the NFT is just a string of characters and numbers. Like, okay, I uh, see. I, I learned something tonight that it's just something on the block. If I, it's not actually a f- <laughs> even the picture itself, it's not a yeah. Wow, that I just learned something that I never thought I would need to know about. Something that's uh, shaping your sexuality going. It is, it has it has. I'm really regretting buying that Ronald McDonald <laughs> NFT now. I won't tell you what he's wearing or not wearing, but let's just say it was a pretty penny. Excellent. <laughs> so anyway, Eric and Eric, thank you both for coming on tonight and talking old school. I mean, we could sit here for hours. I'm sure we're going to get done recording and probably still be sh- fucking talking here an hour from now. Always great to talk with you guys. It, for those of you guys that don't know Eric's cast, it is This Old Deck, yep. I think is the name of it, correct? Me and Mark. Um, fantastic old school only cast. Kingslayer's been on it. Eric and I had a talk about a deck that I designed a while back. If you're into old school content and you want something that's off the beaten path that isn't, you know, quite as spiky in content, a little more about cool decks and like cool shit that's going on like you've got a cube project yep. that i know that you've been talking about and posting photos of so i'm not going to steal your thunder about that because i know on an upcoming cast i'm sure you'll talk about We're it. talk about everybody's favorite blue cards oh god that's next so i mean you know the only thing that i really just want to come across the, the biggest thing that i want to take away from this cast of talking with you guys tonight is that we should fucking ban brainstorm and we don't have that problem in old school because brainstorm's not legal, and you want to know what? You don't have to watch your opponent shuffle for fucking forty-five minutes because of their fetch land brainstorm interaction. So I mean, old school fixed brainstorm. Sure, they restricted it, but like you can just draw three, and you don't need to shuffle afterwards yeah. and kind of waste everybody's time. Like you know, Problem just solved. pay your blue yeah, and draw just three. Just, overall, it's it's yeah. just a much better brainstorm experience. Yeah, just yeah. That's why old school people. If you don't play old school, get out there, buy some. 
terrible looking fourth edition and fifth edition cards. Yeah, that's why I exclusively play. Yeah, and just riffle shuffle that shit on a bar. Play old school. Use a chaos confetti as a chaos orb. Yeah. You don't have to play with power to have fun in the format. And I hope that's the biggest thing that people can kind of take away from. Like, I'm not going to play powered and cam jam. I'm going to play unpowered. Just, I own power. I just, I don't find it interesting to build every deck starting with power. So, you know, I'm going to be right there with you guys in the trenches of the underground after round one. And then the sub underground and then the subreddit underground after that. Yeah. Looking forward to making it down to the underground this time around. Yeah, you're probably going to actually win games. So, but anyway, thank you both for joining me tonight. I hope to, you know, talk to you again soon on the cast at some point, Eric. So maybe when you you finish up, you know, some of these old school events, Kingslayer and I will circle back around with you and talk about some more old school because God knows we love talking about Sounds it. Sounds good. All right. Well, have a great night, guys. Yep. And although that's praise in my chest, I still wish you the best with the fuck you. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't afford a Ferrari, but that don't mean I can't get you there. I guess he's an Xbox, and I'm more Atari, but the way you play.